What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Hope your week is as good as mine. It's been a lot of fun the past few days. Matter of fact, this past weekend, I didn't do a PBR. I didn't do a rodeo. I, I went to Pueblo, Colorado and did something completely different this week. I uh, went to Pueblo and helped with the grand opening of the PBR Sport Performance Center. That's right, a brand new state-of-the-art facility there, just uh, about a uh, maybe a couple hundred yards from the front door of the world headquarters of the PBR, and you, you talk about a state-of-the-art facility that I think could help revolutionize the game for a lot of athletes and, and really help those guys and girls, because I'm talking about all of Western sports, help them get back to their peak physical performance as quickly as they can after an injury, or, you know what, just help you get in better shape to uh, continue through the season. You know, everybody knows, if you know anything about rodeo or bull riding, it's such a grueling, demanding uh, toll that it takes on your body. And, and I mean that in every single sport, just the travel alone can be so difficult at times. I mean, for goodness sakes, I'm an announcer and traveling takes a toll on me at times. I'm not whining before anybody starts sending me Twitter messages or, or tweets about whining about being an announcer and how it's so tough. No, absolutely not. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Love my job, but, uh, you know, traveling does sometimes take a toll on people. But anyways, you know, spent a great couple of days there with Antoine Burton, uh, former Denver Bronco, who's going to be the uh, executive director of the SPC there in Pueblo. He's going to be doing a lot of the training there. Spent a, a few days working out with him and Ezekiel Mitchell, one of the top bull riders in the world. I actually got to do uh, some, so, so, yeah, I say I got to do some some workouts. I mean, I, I got trained by a guy named Jordan Tripp. Check him out on Instagram, Trip with two P's underscore fit. This dude's a bodybuilder, and you talk about a beast. And, uh, I mean, a guy throwing around some serious weight just jacked to the gills. But great, great guy. Antoine, the guy that's going to be running the SPC, is such a motivating human being. Um, I'm going to have him on the podcast. We've just got to figure out timing and logistics, but he's a guy that I heard him get up and speak to the city of Pueblo. I heard him speak to, you know, in front of the mayor and everybody there in the city at the grand opening of this event. And Man, a guy that just makes you want to get out and, and make yourself better. And hopefully that's what everybody's doing. Hopefully you're going to be better today than you were yesterday. That's a big part of this podcast. I want everybody to realize that that every single day we've got to do something to be better than we were yesterday. And so I got to be a part of that, you know, with, with some really, really awesome people. Got to go out on the boat with uh, the CEO of the PBR, Sean Gleason, Ty Murray, uh, you know, Colby Yates, who's going to be my guest here this week. That that stuff is so, so cool to me because I'm such a fan. And I think Colby and I talk about it in this conversation. You know, just got off a boat with the King of the Cowboys, Ty Murray. And that's crazy. And if you guys think I'm not the biggest Western sports fan in the world, you're out of your mind. I mean, it's just, it's humbling every time that I get to do something with, with one of those people that I grew up kind of kind of idolizing so anyways uh we had a great week but i'm so so happy to be home for a few days got to spend the entire week here at uh in delaware america delaware oklahoma at the house 
got to go to Nowata, Oklahoma's uh, ACRA rodeo, small little rodeo that I got to announce a time or two, but actually got to just go watch and enjoy, and it was awesome. And uh, that's right, even when I'm not working, I went to a rodeo. Well, anyways, speaking of working, I think I touched on it last week on last week's episode that when we were in Columbus, Ohio, I have this crazy new, and it's not really new, it's a crazy revitalized obsession with action figures. Not just any action figures, not Star Wars or Spider-Man or any of that junk I'm talking about. High quality WWFE pro wrestling action figures. That's right. And uh, uh, I don't know that I told anybody this, but it spent right around $200 on Hulk Hogan action figures when I was in Columbus. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. If anybody has any Hulk Hogan action figures floating around they want to get rid of, all you got to do, hit me up on the social media machine. But I digress. Let's get back to reality here. Um, I spent all week here at the house and roommate Dave and I were just talking. Actually, roommate Dave, do you want to, you want to just tell the story? You want, you want me to, you don't, you sure. Cause you tell it like, it's pretty funny when you, okay, I'll tell it. So, uh, guys, we think, we think my house is haunted. Yeah. We think my house is haunted and here's why. Hear me out. I think the house might be haunted just because of the washing machine. You might be able to hear the washing machine in the background right now. Cause I mean, I'm doing laundry, uh, you know, all this real human things that we do in life. But, uh, the washing machine has a mind of its own. It, it opens and closes by itself. I, I matter of fact, just a few minutes ago, I left it open so that I could put more stuff in the washing machine. And I heard this clanging around and I walk in there and it was closed and roommate Dave was right in front of me the whole time. So weren't you? You were standing right next to me. So I know you didn't shut the dryer or the washer, but, and it opens by itself all the time. So we think the house is haunted, but who knows? Um, we might try to get some paranormal investigators here to the house to kind of check things out, but whatever. Uh, this week's podcast, <laughs> I say all that jokingly before I get hit up by a bunch of paranormal investigators. I get, oh, golly, that, man, anyways, that could be a whole nother episode. But um, this week's podcast, Getting to Business, Colby Yates is a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, one of the good guys, man. If you ever get a chance to meet Colby, visit with Colby, you, you cannot even imagine what a a great guy he truly is many of you will remember colby as you know a pbr bull rider made the world finals made the national finals rodeo but now he's a he's a devoted husband a father uh he's got the coolest little son cutter he's a hockey player we'll talk about that but I talk a lot about passion for sports and passion for anything in life but you know i'm a passionate fan of, of bull riding and rodeo Colby Yates is the definition of passion for a sport. This is a guy that walked away from a really, really good job. And when I'm talking about financially setting up his family for a very, very long time, walked away from it to go back and be a broadcaster for the PBR's Velocity Tour. And you can see him on Ride TV. You can see him with me on Ride Pass occasionally. But he left that job to come back to the sport of bull riding and just be involved. 
And I, I think that shows how much this guy really loves the sport and, and loves the athletes and the people involved. And that's why I think that's why Colby and I are such great friends. We both have the same outlook on things when it comes to that, that aspect of our jobs and, and of our lives. But anyways, uh, great guy. You're going to hear a lot of crazy, crazy stories. Um, he's been a country music artist. I wish he would get his guitar out and we kind of tease some things that might happen here in a couple of months. So make sure you listen to the end. And when I say might happen, I'm 100% sure that there are some things going to happen in a couple of months or in a few months. I don't want to say a couple because it's more than two, obviously, but in a few months, there's going to be some really, really exciting news. Uh, this podcast, Colby's going to be involved. Um, PBR fans, you're going to love it. I, I I really do truly think you're going to love what we're going to say here in a couple of weeks. But let's get to the, the here and the now. Um, brand new Matt West Now podcast t-shirts are going to be available here in just a couple of days. Uh, within the week, they're going to be available. Also within the week, new West Fit gear is going to be dropping. So if you haven't already logged on to westfitgym.com to get all your West Fit gear, do that now. But here's here's an easy way you're going to be able to find the podcast merch. You're going to be able to find the West Fit merch. It's all going to be under the same website. That's right. Do people go to websites anymore? Well, do me a favor and check this one out. It's as simple as www.mattwestnow.com. That's right, www.mattwestnow.com. Dot com. That is the that is the one stop shop to find out everything that's going on in my world, to find out my schedule, to get your West Fit gear, your Matt West Now podcast gear, um, and follow me on social media, Matt L West on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's got it all covered. But let's get to it. The here and the now is my conversation with one of the good guys, Colby Yates. You follow my lead. Right now, let's describe to everybody what you're wearing right now. That's how we're going to start this. You've got really? to tell everybody what you're wearing to do this podcast. <sighs> well, since we're doing the Sport Performance Center, I'm wearing my workout clothes. Right. Because how how much time did you get to work out this week while you were here? I uh, did one curl with a five-pound dumbbell. <laughs> did you actually yeah. really? Did you see it on Instagram? I, I didn't. You didn't? I don't think I did. Okay, so you mentioned the Sport Performance Center. We're in uh, Pueblo, <laughs> Pueblo, Colorado, home of the PBR headquarters, uh, Open Sport Performance Center. That's crazy. That's a crazy nice place. It's it's awesome, but it's also crazy for the sport of bull riding in general just because you can see where it's going. And yeah. the bar continues to be raised. Obviously, uh, Sean Gleason has a lot to do with that. Right. But you've... We've seen it for sure, right? In in my career, I saw it where <laughs> you, when you got to the bull riding, uh, the first thing you saw in the dude's bag next to you was a six pack. You know, what I mean, right. that's just yeah. kind of how it was, and and that's nobody worked out, quote unquote, old cowboy. You know, and I think things started changing when Adriano came over, and uh, a few more of the Brazilians came over. And then they start taking everybody's money, and then everybody starts working out, you know. And I, I don't get obviously not everybody works out. JB doesn't work out, um, but you can see where it's going now from here. And I think it's changing for the better. Uh, they're they're trying to win. They're trying to be the best athletes that they can possibly be. 
this is just There's a great more platform for them. There's more money, and let's not get it twisted. On a more consistent basis, the bulls are tougher. I mean, well, you're getting on ranker bulls more consistently. Absolutely, guys yeah, get on four or five uh, a weekend <laughs> that are you know that are legit like short round caliber bulls. Yeah, it, it can be tough, and that's why you've seen the the number of injuries you know over the years. Um, and I think that's another thing that this is going to do. It's going to prepare you for those injuries. It's going to prevent you from having as many injuries. You know, that's the muscle tears and strains and things like that are, are some of the biggest, you know, downfalls to being a bull rider. The things that you have to deal with that are so hard to get over. Uh, and if you can find out a way to fix them, then... We didn't. We didn't plan anything. I, I literally just drug you out of bed. I, I made you get out of bed to come do this podcast. And it, we've talked about this since what, like last summer. I told you that you know I wanted to have you on. Um, but you talk about injuries. We joke a lot about you know Colby slept through half of his career um, <laughs> because because you did. Like I was I tired. Mean, you got, <laughs> but for people that don't know, I mean you you got knocked out quite a bit. I did. It was it. it uh... It was pretty bad there there for a while, and it depended, you know, at, at points throughout my whole career of riding, meaning, you know, steer riding the first time I got knocked out, mm-hmm. I was 12 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Stepped on behind the ear and out like a light. But then, you know, as time went on and I started getting on bulls that, you know, were harder um, and bucked harder was just a little bit more intense things started happening i got hit in the head a few more times and and then they started dominoing uh overall i got knocked out 38 times ask me why i kept counting i have no idea i how do i even remember that number well and that's what i was going to ask it's <laughs> not like you you know you're putting tally marks on the wall when you get home hey there's another one this weekend like that's a really random thing it is that- it is random but it just became one of those things where i i realized where i was at and you know probably when I realized I got to number 10, I, I realized it's probably an issue, right. you know, but not that I was trying to do anything about it. I still didn't ride with a helmet. I, you know, I wasn't trying to prevent it to happen from happening, but, uh, I just knew it was something that would happen. I worried about the future, obviously. Um, but the crazy thing about it is I was blessed. I was very fortunate, um, because, it could have went the wrong way. You see guys like McKinnon Wimberly and uh, and uh, Pete Farley, they take two hard hits, had helmets on. Mm-hmm. First one knocks the helmet off. Second one, boom. Mm-hmm. They got to learn how to walk, talk. They got to do everything again. Starting from the beginning. I didn't have that. You know, one time, uh, probably one of the worst ones, I had a seizure, and I – didn't recall anything at all um but funny funny go to the funny side of it yeah the funny uh, side of seizures okay yeah the funny side the funny side of being uh out there in the arena knocked out um when you're on live tv and pbr and the cameras used this is they don't do this now but uh used to they'd come up and they get right in the action right right yeah <laughs> and here i am tandy's like colby Colby, you know, live TV, and I'm like, get me the F out of here. I look effing stupid. 
because that's the old school cowboy mentality is I don't want to lay here. Yeah. I heard JB, uh, JB and I were talking at dinner the other night and he was telling about when he was in Calgary and they, they tricked him. They said, Hey, we want, want you to roll over because you know, we think you're, you're hurt on this side or whatever. When he rolled over, they put him on a backboard and then carried him out of there. And he said he cussed him all the way out because he had never been carried out of an arena on a stretcher like that. And he, and he was pissed. Yeah. Like there's something to be said. Like that's just the the mentality. Yep. Like, get it, me out of here. It's it's so there's so many. I, I I like to look back and laugh at them, you know, just because they're they are funny moments. And you get. Uh, I remember one time I got knocked out, and immediately, look, I got hit in the head, and that's it. Yeah. And the paramedic, obviously, you know, the difference between paramedics and Tandy Freeman is leaps and bounds difference. And you're talking about people that really understand our sport, like right. Tandy and his team, and really understand the, our athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then an actual... Uh, and a, You want to get my whole outfit here? I got you. Uh, and then an actual paramedic who has no clue. You get hit in the head, and they're trying to cut your boots off. Because and, that's what they've been taught, yeah. you know, in, in a class or a <laughs> textbook. We got to cut that. their shirt. We got to, yeah. you know. Literally had that happen. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to have to cut these boots off. I said, you cut my damn boots and we're going to have a problem. Uh, but the funniest one, I'll tell you this one, the funniest one before we get off these concussion things. Um, the funniest one is I was in Salt Lake City. I had no idea where I was. I got knocked out. And uh, I'm I'm in the sports medicine, and they're asking me where I'm at, what's going on, you know, what day of the week it is, and I have no idea any of these answers. And finally, I asked the question again because when you get knocked out, you just keep repeating. You just, you don't understand. You don't know. You might ask the same questions five minutes ago, but you don't realize that you asked those questions. And so I asked them again, obviously. And J.W. Hart was in there, and he was like. Gosh, just look in your pocket. And I'm like, I look down in my pocket and there's a little note in there. And JW wrote it. And it said, You're in Salt Lake City. Yes, Salt Lake City. You drew whatever the bull's name was. Big yellow went left. Dot, dot, dot. Yes, he went left. Because <laughs> I kept saying, No way. And he went left. There's no way he knocked me out. There's no way I didn't make the whistle. <laughs> so know? he answered all your questions, kind of like uh, 50 first dates. He he had all the answers. <laughs> he had all, all the, the answers on that little card in my pocket. and uh, <laughs> That's it was, awesome. It was so funny because I just couldn't believe it. it just, I, no way this bull bugged me off if he went left. <laughs> it was hilarious. You know, you said something earlier, you know, when you said, you know, you weren't doing anything to prevent it. You weren't putting on a helmet. You weren't really worried about it right now, but you were worried about the future. What do you mean by that? You, I mean, you mean like long-term effects of like head injury? Because that's huge in like all of sports today. It it is it is huge, very huge today, and and that's what I'm that's what I was looking f- you know for. I was thinking my you know my goodness, what is gonna? You hear about it going all the way bad, right? You know, and right. and, and people committing suicide and just all kinds of horrific things that happen. Um, no, number one, I feel like I'm pretty much all there, you right. know, uh, due to all the concussions that I had. So I'm very fortunate, but you just never know. Right. Um, so I took steps. I, I went to I went to different places. I went to a place in Dallas um, 
that I've been to a couple different times and been involved with uh, called Brain Health Center in Dallas, and they they focus on that. That is it. That's all they do. Uh, it's a crazy cool place all the things that they can do but they put me through um, a training course called smart um, and it essentially kind of helps you refocus um, and and kind of direct your own thoughts you know in in different ways just really helps you clear your mind it's it's so cool how it works Uh, but i was in there with a lot of wounded warriors and they had you know uh professional football players and things like that in in this course uh that go through it they kind of have focused on those type of individuals that have dealt with some traumatic brain injuries and things like that so well um, i know that that's something that you know we were talking about sport performance center i know that's something that uh like melissa the vice president of competition here she was adamant about this facility and I, I think that in her mind, that's step one of a very long-term process. And one of those being championing the, the initiative to really dive into CTE, to head injuries. Because this sport, I mean, let, let's not beat around the bush. This sport is way different than anything else. Well, you, you can't not recognize it, right? Right. And, and the best thing that the PBR did was recognize it and take it full front and say, okay, we need to do something about this. Right. And so they bring in the concussion protocol, which is humongous for these guys' health. And I remember when I was riding there, <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. You might right. get locked out, knocked out in the long round, but you better you gather your chickens up on. because you got to get on the championship round yep. here in about 30 minutes. You well, know? okay, but again, to that point, it's because this sport, so vastly different than anything else because if you're not competing more importantly if you're not winning you're not getting paid there's no big contracts and i don't care how often if you see a guy on tv every week it doesn't mean that he's making six figures it doesn't mean that he's even paying the damn light bill like you've got to compete that's it and you know that's that's why you see that's why you this sport and these athletes in this sport uh, are so tough. They have to create themselves to be that. And I think, you know, some people may say you can't teach tough or you can't learn tough, but I think I beg to differ. Yeah. I, I think you have to, um, you kind of get immune to things that normal people wouldn't be able to. Well, I, I, I'm a hundred percent in, in agreement that you can learn to be tough or because I see kids that show up in the locker room, and and I've seen them. You you spend so much time on the velocity tour, you see a kid, but then all of a sudden he shows up and he finds a seat next to JB or Chase in the locker room. Damn right, those kids get tougher because they start if they're next to a guy like Chase or JB, they have to be tougher. You yeah. have to get tougher. You dang right, and that's what I'm glad that there's guys like that. You know. Here, I think that it's I, – I, I honestly believe that it's weakened a little bit. I don't yeah. think the guys are as tough as, you know, a, a whole a whole group of guys are as tough as they used to be because, you know, the amount of guys that were just gritty, tough guys. You, you think know. about – you think about, you know, who you were in the locker room with, guys like McBride, Ross Coleman, Brendan Clark. I, I mean, 
Luke Snyder was not the quote unquote poster boy for toughness, but how many consecutive events did he go to? Yeah. I mean, at the elite level, like oh, oh yeah, he it, was he was closet tough. Yeah, um, but there were McBrad. I mean, they're just shivers. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about some just Mike White. Mike White, heavy hitting, tough guys that mm-hmm. you you just couldn't beat them over the head. Dusty LaBeth, yeah, was a guy that you know. I, you're right, um, but I think I think it's good, and I, and those guys had always had the tough guys, you know, Lambert and Murray, right. Ty Murray, and all those guys to look up to that were just extremely tough guys um, to be able to follow in their footsteps. So to have a Chase Outlaw up there um, and a JB. It's great. It's yeah. great for the sport. Yeah. The future looks good. Um, Let's talk about the future because, and not to get too personal, but like you don't have any effects now, do you? Like head injuries, like head trauma, like anything. I don't. Um, when you're lucky, you I really am, are lucky. I am lucky. Um, I, you know, when I first when I first decided to quit, um, I still was getting some headaches and things like mm-hmm. that that I was dealing with. But um, now, Katie. My wife may beg to differ. She might think that uh, I forget everything, and uh, but I think that's just kind of right. Just being a guy, yeah. Just being a guy. It's, I mean, it's yeah. it's not our fault. Yeah, I, I've never <laughs> it's had not our fault. <laughs> I've never had head injuries. I deal with it on a daily basis. <laughs> but but man, this is this is totally different direction than I thought this this conversation would go. But we were with a world champion tonight that talked about battling with depression when he retired. You know, and finding a way to get through that. I had Adriano on this podcast here, you know, a while back. He talked about really dealing with depression. Like it's a real thing. Yeah, you you got to understand that this is this is kind of a it it would be much like a rock star uh, having a rock star life, you know, his whole life, and then it just all of a sudden abruptly stopping. You're by yourself, and you're by yourself, and you don't have. people wanting your autograph you know what i'm saying you don't have like people just gawking at you all the time and it just seems like it would be easy to get depressed and not only that the actual lifestyle itself uh, being a bull rider uh, and retiring from bull riding and joining the real world Mm -hmm. is is eye-opener for sure because because you got you 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 ended up with a really Unique job, I guess. I mean, walking, a really good job, too. Walking down the street backwards and just fell into this great deal. You essentially <laughs> fell into a pile of shit and came out smelling <laughs> like roses. I did. Uh, I did. I, you know, and that was just the thing. Like, I had talks with Randy Bernard and, and I was, you know, trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do? I, I think I'm good and, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, but not a master of any right. kind of one of those deals. So, <laughs> utility um, player in baseball. Yeah, I can play any any position. And I just was like looking and thinking, man, when when you're a bull rider and all you know is bull riding, and that is all you've ever focused on, I kid you not, you, you know, you really feel like I'll ride till I'm sixty. You know, it's just you just feel like that, and and right. you don't it's never think about stop. it. So whenever you're 28 29 and really it is coming close to an end you're not really looking at those things yeah 
and you and you need to be. And I think I think the guys nowadays need to be looking at that. And that is another thing where I think the PBR is stepping up their game. And he, you know, here in the near future, you're going to see people being able. You can already do that through the Western Sports Foundation. They can help you financially. They can help you plan uh, your retirement. They mm-hmm. can help you with all of those things that these guys need help with. Because I promise you, it's it can it can get bad if you're if you're a young kid and you come in and then you strike some big sponsorship deal and you start winning a lot of money. Next thing you know, I've seen it. You know, in person, they they buy a bunch of stuff that they really don't need and then they can't pay their taxes. We're like a bunch of rappers in cowboy hats. <laughs> you know, you got to buy like those guys that spend all that money on cars and gold chains and useless crap. Well, you know, I mean, I got to buy a big ranch. First thing, I got to buy a big ranch. And then I got to buy a brand new truck. And then I got to buy a squeeze chute that, yeah. you know, for the cattle that I don't have and all kinds of random stuff. It happens. But, uh, okay, so we talked about retirement, but I want to go back because – um we're really not here to just inflate the ego of the PBR, but it does open up so many doors, so many opportunities to do other things outside of just bull riding. Look at Bonner Bolton, Bonner Bolton on dancing with the stars. Um, for God's sakes, Justin McBride sang at the grand Ole Opry. Yeah. That's, Can you believe that? That's awesome. Is it uh, though? Yeah. Is and it then, though for those poor people that were in the audience? And is just, it- Yes. No, yeah. It was I so agree. awesome. And and then, you know, he was also on um on the CMA awards. Mm-hmm. Which is huge. That is That's yes. huge. Huge for a western sport of any kind. That's so cool. But I brought that up because we just got off the boat and the CEO had a really awesome album that he was playing over and over and over and it was all old school Colby Yates. You hate it, don't you? Yeah, I don't you like it. You hate hearing it. I don't like it. It's funny because I, I, and I mentioned Napster on the boat jokingly, but I remember coming in and uh, some buddies of mine be like, man, you got to hear this. You got to listen to this. Listen to this song. Listen to this song. This, this guy named Colby Yates. And I mean, this is before I got into the PBR. I didn't know you. I mean, I knew who you were, but had no idea. And we started listening. And it's funny to be in a boat with you years later and, and seeing the just pain on your face (laughs) oh man i don't like it it's just uh you know i was young 18 but 19 right and and you you play around things happen but you did you did somewhat attempt the music thing on a serious note yeah i did i you know went to to, a degree to to a degree yes i i don't know if i was fully committed um i don't think you were fully committed because i think had you been fully committed then uh We'd be talking about your latest album, right? True, now. that's I true. really do. Yeah, you're you're right, but I just you know it opened my eyes, and I I feel like obviously there were some because of the PBR there were some people that got put in front of me that were the right people, and and they were willing to help me out, um, and it just it was a lot of fun, you know, to to sing and stuff. When I first started, it was, it was just for fun. Like I was not trying to do anything with it. Um, I liked singing. I liked playing the guitar. Um, I, I come from music. My grandmother was in a famous gospel music band called, called the Chuck wagon gang. Um, they sold millions of records and they were, they were famous. So, I mean, it's, it's something you just, you grew up doing. I didn't grow up doing it, but I grew up, 
you know around it around it yeah. and so at, at some point i felt like you know okay i want to i want to mess around with this a little bit more i want to start writing some songs i want to you know learn how to play guitar and, and do that stuff so when when i was young i uh, i bought well i say i said i was young probably 19 or 20 and i bought a, this little recording deal and i'm you know going down the road rodeo and just thinking you know i I'm I'm sure just give give some of my buddies something to listen to. Right. So I some the songs I wrote um there was maybe six or seven songs on there uh on this little CD that I I cut from this little junky studio thing that I did and uh did a couple cover songs or whatever. Like I totally forgot about the was that a Pearl Jam song or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a Sean cover song. Was it a Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. I don't remember. Song. Um, right, but you're just black or you're something. fiddling around. You know, yeah. you've got this high tech at the time. You got this fancy dancy recorder. Right. I'm going to throw some stuff down there. Guys are going to get a kick out of it. They're going to like it. You know, it's going to be something. It's going to be cool. Yeah, and at the, the time, like I, I had this, I had this big speaker system. That was on wheels that I could just fold up, and it had two big speakers with a mixer board on it. And I put this thing in the camper, and we rodeoed with it. And so we could stop at Cheyenne, and we set right. this thing up, and we have us a party. And then a little concert out in the park. But then lot. all of a sudden, when you're doing that, you know, somebody brings two or three more friends to the party. Hey, come over here. You you know, you got to hear hear this buddy of mine. And then the next time you're around that person like so that that's was how the bands thing. grow. That that little, you know, it that little CD that I did, I probably literally only burned about 30 copies. And I handed those out and I never touched another one again. I never burned another one. I didn't own the music. Like I didn't have it myself. Right. And so people, you know, hey, can I get one of those like I don't. It's. I don't have it. It's but gone. Think about this, because if you made thirty of them, imagine if you had made a dollar for everyone outside of those thirty that started. Because <laughs> I know at least twenty of them that were floating around my house, and and I live in the middle of nowhere. It's so funny because like if you if you Google my name now, the first thing that's going to come up is some sort of music, not bore out. Really? Is going to come up some sort of music, and there's some YouTube ones that have hundreds of that, like almost I don't know five or six hundred thousand right. people who've watched this song. Um, now, you also have to take in the fact that I was really young and really right, stupid, right? Right. Um, and well, <laughs> probably and, and, did and some now you're married, you have a son. Yep, yep. Katie and Cutter's uh, Cutter's eight, so. And, um, and he's a hockey stud. He is a hockey stud. So, man. so what I'm getting at is, you know, you were writing some of those songs before any of this, before Absolutely. you got before became a family I was man. Ever going to get married? But uh, Cutter. So, is he going to be a goalie? He really wants to be a goalie, man. Uh, he's only played goalie twice, and you know, Katie, give the credit to Katie because she full force was like, "You are going to learn how to skate." And the whole idea so, behind to it. Cutter or to, to you? Cutter. Okay. Not me. We, we're not, uh, we're, we'll get to that yeah. story in a minute. But so uh Cutter Cutter's he started probably like three years ago. Um But how did he get skating. started? Because originally he was headed down a different path. Yeah, he explain. was he was he was and I it wasn't the path that I wanted him to go on whatsoever, but he started uh riding sheep. He was mutton busting at the little youth rodeos and stuff around. And you know a funny thing is um uh, 
I get home from somewhere, and Katie's like, hey, we got to go to this thing, you know, this rodeo or whatever, and ranger somewhere. And uh, Cutter's going to ride sheep, and I'm like, okay. So we go to this rodeo, and then the next day we have another rodeo in Coleman, the Coleman PRCA rodeo. Cutter wins that one. And it's on like Donkey Kong. And you didn't want him to do that. No. This is not the path you wanted your son to take. No, not at all. Uh, And he when he won, like it was just like the fire got lit. And I I saw it. And I know what that feeling's like. And so I'm like, oh, my God. Well, the next, I didn't know we were going on the damn run. Like it was like a 4th of July run. We had a doubleheader the next day. And I'm like, are you kidding? What are you doing? My wife, have you mind? She knows nothing. Like she knew nothing about rodeo bull riding. Um, yeah, but when I when I doll. met her, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I she, mean, I obviously I, I'm not married to her. When I met her, I was like, I you know, she's what do you do? I you know, I ride bulls, PBR or whatever. She caught the riding bulls part, just totally went in one and out the other, and she's like, I love that beer. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, never mind. Next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Better question. What do you do? Yeah. So uh, anyway, so Cutter, so Cutter's riding. He's uh, he, then he enters this one in Denton, and uh, it, it has like 150 sheep riders. You know, this is just Texas for you. That's just how it goes, right? So he comes out, and his his sheep trips up, and and his front feed, and when it does, it just slams him to the ground super hard i mean the thump everybody heard it it was that loud and and it just looked like it was bad and i ran over to him and he's laying there like just still as can be and i'm thinking oh god he's got my jeans he's knocked out i don't know (laughs) he's asleep already (laughs) so i get there and his eyes are open he's looking he's like oh you know and then he's crying and i'm like oh man he's he's hurt and um and this even gets better because we're like, well, let's go to the hospital. No, let's not. How are you feeling? I don't know. It hurts. You know, I'm okay. You know, okay, well, let's just see what it feels like in the morning. Okay, so he goes through the night, wakes up in the morning. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, a little sore, whatever. Okay, Katie's like, okay, well, you're going to school. So <laughs> so he goes to school and makes it the whole day. Katie picks him up. He's crying. It really hurts. I don't, you know, I don't know. So she takes him in there, of course, Collarbone's broken half. And you've sent him to school and we've for a seen whole day. We may tough it out through He's, school. It's yeah. bred in him. It's that cowboy. Yeah. I got to get to school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he makes it anyway. We're like, oh my gosh, we felt so bad uh, for, for making him go to school all day. And he's got this, the collarbone's literally broken half and it's just like sticking up. So um, anyway, we... I tell him, I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, we're done. In all my years of being in this, you know, around rodeo, and I've never, ever heard of any sheep rider breaking anything at all. And so I said, we're done. Let's just let's just cut the crap. We'll burn the rope and be done with this. Right. And he says, well, how, how am I going to win any buckles if you burn my rope? I said, that's the point, son. We're, <laughs> you're not, okay? We're done. But that was a that was a legitimate question that he asked. It, I remember yeah, you telling me. It was, him, yes. How am I going to win buckles? How am I going to win? Because he had won like nine buckles already. Yeah. So he, he was all about the buckles, and you know what he was doing. He was counting my buckles. 
in oh. in the room, and he was seeing how many he had left to go. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's insane. Oh, yeah, he that's was awesome. stacking it up. So um, anyway, so, so I, funny. I, I told him, we're done, no more. Just pick another sport. I don't care what it is. I didn't give him multiple choice. Two days later, he comes back, and he says, all right, Papa, I want to play hockey. <laughs> and I'm what? like, wait a minute! Like we're in Texas, we don't play hockey in Texas. It's just, it just doesn't happen. I'm sorry, you know. With a little research, we play a lot of hockey in Texas because of the Dallas Stars. There's literally like 13 ice skating rinks in the DFW Metroplex. It's it, crazy, really. Yeah, and so we're full blown. I mean, it takes us 45 minutes to get to the ring because we don't live close to one, but. But we're there three, four times a week. You're not an ice skater. Katie, I'm assuming, hadn't... I found out the wrong way I was not an ice skater. How so? <laughs> well, Cutter wants me to get out there, right? Cutter said, you know, before one of his, his lessons, um, he wanted me to get out on the ice. And so I was like, uh, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. So I get some skates on. And I mean, I literally look like I do every day, right? Cowboy hat. Um boots jeans shirt whatever so except for what you're wearing right now as soon as we go out there he's like you know papa you should really get a helmet and i'm like why why do i need i don't need a helmet i'm fine no problem well he can stop and i can't okay so it is a problem and i found out real fast so he stops and i'm going pretty fast at that time he was six six okay so he stops, and I'm going pretty fast catching up to him, and I'm fixing to hit him and wipe him out and, you know, order to not hit him and mess him up. I divert myself, and when I did, both skates came out from underneath me. They went straight forward. I'm, I'm like, up in the air, and I land on the top of my head, not the back of my head, the top of my head, immediately black, and the sprinkles, they're all over the place, bud. And I'm like, here we go again. Please don't <laughs> knock me out. So uh, <laughs> so it takes me a minute to gather all my chickens up, and I'm like kind of rolling around, thinking, oh, my God, and I can't see. Once I get it all lined out, I look up in the stands, and I'm looking for Katie. And I don't see her, but I do see some other moms up there, <laughs> and they're standing up with their mouths dropped to the <laughs> ground, and I realized... This was bad, really bad. <laughs> and so uh, Katie went around, and obviously I, I went to um, I went go sit in the stands once she finally got in there, and I said, Katie, I think I messed my neck up. And she's like, Really? What you know? What happened? I said, Well, I fell pretty hard. And she's like, Oh, you'll you'll be okay. You know, I'm yeah, I'm fine, just a little stiff. And literally the next day, I had to fly to Casper, Wyoming for the ride pass up there and uh for the velocity tour event so i flew into denver and drove up bad idea should have just flown straight into casper but got a rental car couldn't even look in my side mirrors because i couldn't turn my head neck hurt that bad <laughs> neck hurt that bad man it was it was pretty bad so i, I get there and i see rich blinn um the sports medicine so he looks at it and he's like dude, this isn't good. You need to go in a neck brace. I'm like, I am not going in a neck brace. I'm fixing to go on TV, man. Like, why would I do that? He's like, well, when it's over with, you need to put one on. So I did. 
uh, I listened to him. I put one on after the after the event. Went back, had me a reunion at Tandy Freeman's office with all my bull riding buddies in there, wondering why in the hell I'm there. <laughs> You're retired. Why are you in here? So I kept that on the down low. Just told them I was having a few problems with my neck. Need to get checked out. <laughs> So uh, MRI, you know, did all the stuff. It wasn't broken, thank goodness. Um, but I did have a slip disc in my neck, and so I, I retired from hockey and ice skating. So, but but the whole reason you were out there is because Cutter, your son, kept wanting you to come out and skate with him. Yep. Kept wanting you to come out. Well, I mean, how did he react to all that? He was laughing in my face, and I didn't think it was funny at all. He was laughing very loud in my face. Um, does he? Does he ask you to come skate with him anymore? Nope. He, nope. He's, he's just. He understands. He's like, Papa, you can't skate. And I'm there's, like, I get it. I know. There's some things Dad can't do. Yep. That's 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 so funny. But it's it's a lot of fun. Um, being a dad and watching your son do something, especially something that you didn't do and you knew nothing about. Uh, right and well, no, okay. no, you know, I'm learning. You're a diehard Dallas Stars fan. All of a sudden, like, yeah, you're you're <laughs> leaving your leaving the arena early to catch the hockey game, the and playoffs, Cutter, and all that stuff. Yeah, and Cutter's not like he he's not he's a Golden Knights fan. Like he's oh Las, really? Oh, he loves Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. Because when we were in Vegas, he went to a yeah a mini camp. He yep, was so he pumped did. about, that's and right. they went to the Golden Knights game. Yeah. Uh, before the PBR, uh, the last game before the PBR. Okay, finals. but now you're you're a you're this huge Dallas Stars fan that keeps talking about Dallas Stars hockey. But before Cutter started playing hockey, did you? I didn't watch it at all. No, not unless we were doing PBR, you know, right? PR and and went PBR, to a game because yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it was an appearance. Yeah, and no, I I didn't 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 know the rules. How does that happen? How do you go from not watching it at all to like? I'm I got to watch in it. it. I'm full in it now. Yeah, like I know. It's legit. I'm I'm impressed by the sport, and I'm impressed by the toughness of the guys, and just you know, they they've got some pure grit, try determination, and they don't care. You had the same reaction to another sport that everybody has to bull riding the first time they see it, no matter who it is or what walk of life you come from. If you see the PBR for the first time, that's the exact same reaction you have. You're, You're exactly hooked. right. Like it, exactly it really is. Right. We've had UFC fighters. We've had NFL football players. I mean, look at the Antoine that played for the Denver Broncos. He's he's talked about it all week long with us. Is he he got the bug? You know, I mean, he was an NFL football player, and he can't get over this sport. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. And I I never really you know I went you know to a couple games and stuff but when you go to a playoff game it's different it really is and we went the other night to uh to the stars game last thursday so uh they're playing the blues and 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 then i then i quickly like trigger my mind thinking okay i'm i'm watching the whole production of the show i'm not i'm not really you know i'm just focused hyper focused on how can we bring this atmosphere to what Where we have because holy crap it was amazing but but it's not just hockey when you get to bcs college football when you get to major league baseball playoffs wild card you know that that race uh you get to the nba playoffs i don't give a damn about the nba but if the thunder in the playoffs that there that's something different yeah you think western sports will ever have playoffs like how would you do that? I mean, is it even possible? 
It's everything. I mean, Anything's it's a different possible. Envir- it really is. Playoff sports are a different environment, period. Yeah, I think the the biggest challenge is, you know, this sport's always been an individual sport um, up until the Global Cup. Right. So, Which is awesome. It's amazing. Um, yes, I think, I think things can... I think things can and will drastically change for Borat and to elevate uh, the elevate the sport as much as it possibly can. So you you could very well see some sort of playoff uh, situation happen in Borat. And um, I don't know. You just never know where this is going to go. But yeah. it feels like it's only going to go up, and and that has a lot to do with the leaders and and the people that are behind the scenes that nobody knows about because right. there's some very special individuals inside the PBR. Yeah, we're lucky. We're we're really lucky that we've got a lot of really good people on the boat. Um one of those people like like you. Did you ever think you would be a guy that that bull riders present day are coming up to asking for advice i mean because i see it all the time colby what i do wrong or colby what 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 am i doing here that do you ever think you were going to be one of those guys no i didn't um (laughs) i didn't think that i would be one of those guys uh and i'm i'm glad i can be yeah because there were some guys that were there for me that way too um and i think that more and more as as you know, like you mentioned, the bulls are getting stronger. You know, athletes are getting better. Um, it's just it's raising the bar to where I think that you have to. You really need that person. You need that. You need an extra person to kind of help you get along, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically. Um, it's not bad to have a coach. It's not. I I, I really agree with the. the the whole argument of having a coach in, in Borat, and I think that it's something that the guys could benefit from. As single-minded as the guys are, yep. not saying this in a bad way, um, but bull riders are very single-minded. They're focused on themselves. They're egotistical human beings. Yeah, and, and, and that's not a fault. It's not a fault. You have to be. Yep. Um, I think they're going to have to learn how to adapt to having – uh, somebody there with them, a mentor, a, a coach, an instructor, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's almost like a like almost like having a life coach or something like Look, that. You know, it's it's as simple as whether they whether anybody wants to admit it or not. There's coaches right now. I see it every week. I see guys come up to the desk and ask JW Hart. What did I do wrong? Or how do I how do I get past this? Every time I'm around you, I see guys come up to you and go, Colby, what did I do? It's what happened? What did he do? It's constant in the locker room asking the other guys, whether it's asking your dad at home, everybody has coaches. Why is it so damn hard to say it's okay to have a coach? You know, I I don't know. I just it shouldn't be. Is it, the ego? it shouldn't be at all. It could be the ego, but I mean, I, it shouldn't be at all. And I think that, uh, look, I get asked several times on the Velocity Tour, and I am so invested emotionally in the Velocity Tour and those guys. They're, right. they're great guys, and they 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 have plenty of potential. But some of them just haven't, you know, they haven't 
jumped out of the box and really shown the full potential that they could they could possibly show us. But you, I'm always I'm always ready to answer their questions if they have them if they need help anywhere. Um, I'm I'm the guy at end of every event. I go through the locker room mm-hmm. before they leave, and you know, tell them, "Hey, yep. you know, you try, you keep trying, you keep that grid up. You're right. doing exactly what you need to do. It's going to work. It's going to come together, or whatever." And you know, like the other day, when I say the other day, it's been been a few months ago. Um, Brian Tippman, he was getting on the verge. Brian Tippman is one of the Velocity Tour riders that kind of he's starting to make his move up the standings and. He, he had been bucked off a few bulls in a row, and I saw exactly what was bucking him off. And instead of him coming to me, I went to him. Right. But he'll come to me. Right. And so it's, it's not like I was just trying to push myself on him and say, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. But it you wasn't know the like guy. That. You have a friendship with him. There's a relationship there. Yeah. And and so I said, I know exactly what the problem is. You know, and you know, it. it whenever I told him, what the problem was, he goes, oh, crap. Okay, well, how do I fix it? Do I need to get on practice bulls? I said, no, I just fixed it for you. You know about it. You know exactly what the problem is. Yeah. It's done. You're not going to do it again because you know it. You think it. You you know, as soon as it happens, your brain's going to react right. to it. And sometimes and it, worked. it is that simple. And it, and it worked. And he's been riding, like, left and right. Yep. Sometimes it's as simple as one little thing. Whether you know whether it's moving Let your me rope tell you how over small an it inch. Can be. There you go. That's how small it can yep. be. It can be, you know, I can't remember who it was. It was like Lane Fultiners. Lane, not Lane Fultine. Lane uh, McCaslin. He was judging, and he goes, "I know what your problem is." And I'm like, "Really? What?" And he's like, "You're not." wiping your eyebrows or something for you know like yeah yeah something it was something stupid like that and i was like huh and then i think about it i'm like i really did used to do that like you slide up and kind of wipe and then yeah grab the pan you know it's just something something. that's small but this but what you have to understand is that this sport is much like any other sport it's very repetitious it's repetitive and Mm -hmm. everything you do you should do it if it works you should do it exactly the same every single time. And you'll watch those guys. They have a routine. Yeah. They do the same thing. Every one of them. Over and over again. Yep. They may slap their leg first and then their chest before they get on. Or they're, you know, there you go. Adriano. You know, he, he always, something with that sleeve and then something with that arm. And then there was a glove. And then there was, you know, there, there was always something. Uh I always laugh, Carl Malone, every time he would get to the free throw line, he'd spin the ball, you know, he'd dribble a time or two, and you'd see him put his wristband up against his forehead or something, then he'd take a shot. It's like, why? I mean, I don't know why, but it happens every time. That's it. It's just... Do you have superstitions? Yeah. Yeah. What were they? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like me now. They got worse as the older I got. Really? Yeah, I needed everything, man. No hat on the bed. No hat on the bed. No wearing yellow. But but you didn't take it to the point. Like you didn't have Joe Boo traveling with you everywhere you went, did you? No, no eating peanuts. I, I whoa, had whoa, a, whoa, 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 time, time, time. I had no a, eating peanuts. No. What? 
Where the hell did that come know. from? I don't know. Somewhere down the road, and uh, I had a, I had a friend, Philip Elkins. <coughs> I traveled with. He made the NFR. Won the, won the NFR, um, on a couple of different occasions. He was he was a great board rider, but I traveled with him, and he was super weird man about superstitions. And he would not eat fried chicken before the event. And here's me. I pull into Grandy's. I'm going to get a bucket of fried chicken. And he's like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's bad luck. And I'm like, what? I've never heard of that in my life. I eat the chicken. We go to Odessa. I break my ankle. I never eat fried chicken before. I ride again. (laughs) So add another one to the list. But I had so many different things. Like I, I, um... My boot, my riding boots were just like a little bit, um, I had, I had strap, oh, my straps, my boot straps. One boot strap was shorter. That boot strap went on the right boot and the longer one went on the left every single time. And I promise you that there's some other bull riders that do that. Um, and you're, you're sitting here like you're, you're visualizing it yeah i'm like mind. you've okay. got your your leg up going my short one went on my right yep. foot and then you raise your left foot my my longer one went like yep it's every, real every time yep i had lucky riding pants i had uh lucky shirts I bet those smelled good i had lucky shirts until until i um got like enterprise, enterprise and you know then you mean, I, then they all looked the same i was like which one was it shit I forgot. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, if you ride one, do you just, that's the one I'm going to keep. I'm yeah. going to keep it. Yep. What's no, I, I wouldn't. I, I actually, I was clean. I washed all my stuff, but. Right. Yeah, I did. Somebody pulled out a pair of pants the other day that looked like they'd been around since like the 1800s. Oh, I mean, me there was you. dust coming everywhere. Casey Hayes used to just shake his shirt out of his bag to shake the dirt and the wrinkles off of it and then throw it on and get on. You just threw out somebody that I need to have on the podcast. Yes! Because (laughs) we could talk conspiracy theories for hours. Oh, you could. How the world's flat and all that good stuff. Who who is your favorite person to travel with? Do you have anybody? Uh... Yeah, I... When I was... When I was rodeoing and really when I first came over to the pbr brian richardson yeah um was he was from dallas and you know made the nfr a few times and and made the pbr finals i think once maybe uh twice and he was just a fun yeah he was a fun individual and and always had positive thoughts and Mm -hmm. uh, but as as i got as i got older and in the pbr um me and me and shivers kind of room together and that's the thing like you yeah you know when when you're going you're you're bunking up you're rooming with somebody um and and it was me and shivers there at the end and i really enjoyed that because somebody that i looked up to and everybody's always looked up to and me and chris became really good friends and right it was um it's it cool, cool how that happens in this sport it and, is. And, and i wonder sometimes about other professional sports and athletes if they have a chance to be around and spend as much time around guys that they look up to and i i mean i'm a, i'm an announcer or whatever it is now a broadcaster that that i've you know whatever morphed into but 
We went on a boat tonight, you know, with Ty Murray. That ne- and we talked about this the other day. It never gets old to me to sit down at a dinner table with Ty Murray or Cody Lambert, you know, like because I'm still a big fan. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan, and you know, it's it's funny because the the competition committee is mm-hmm. yeah that's it's a pretty cool thing for for me to be i i promise you i would have never ever imagined myself uh being on that competition committee especially but, sitting next to justin mcbride mm-hmm. and cody lambert and ty murray um it's it's pretty special to me because right. those are those are guys that i definitely looked up to right well and that's why i think like i have so much fun with you because you look at it very similar to the way I do at times, you know. Yeah, you're integrated, you're you're intertwined in the sport, but you're still a fan of the guys that came before you. Um man, if you could spend a summer traveling with anybody, present, past, future, if you could spend a summer traveling with anybody, hitting the road, same truck, same camper, whatever, who would it be? Other than your lovely bride. Obviously. Would I still be drinking? I, <laughs> because that changes. Because that, yeah. Because I don't, I don't drink anymore. But if I was still drinking, that would, man, I would Ooh. probably, I would probably just jump in with, with all those guys with Jim Sharp and Ty Murray and, you know, who who really I looked up to though, who I tried to mold myself around. Um, it's everybody's always like the tough heatman or Jim Sharp or Ty Murray, but Clint Bronger was my guy. Yeah. Um, somebody else. Cause when we were in Vegas, PBR finals, who was it? Cause I remember standing with somebody that's around us all the time. And they're like, that's Clint Bronger. Oh, Robbie Hodges, oh, Robbie Hodges, yeah. Barrelman. Um, he just couldn't get over himself. He could not get over that he was in the same room with Clint Bronger. I mean, here's here's a grown ass man yeah. who's been the barrel man at the national finals rodeo. He's been, you know, top five for clown of the year. Like he's very, very accomplished. He fangirled like a teenager at a Justin Bieber concert because he was in the same room as Clint Bronger. <laughs> That's cool to me. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. I'd I really enjoyed watching him and yeah. and kind of trying to mimic his riding style. Obviously, that's hard to do, but um, yeah. Think Definitely. he'll ever make another album? No. Really? I think even if we beg, my wife's been begging for a little while. Look, and the reason I bring it up, and I I I don't know if Katie told you, but I messaged her because she videoed something the other day. And you had your back to the camera. You didn't even know she was videoing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. I did not know. Because Cutter made you. Yeah. Cutter made me. Uh, Obviously, that, I don't, I mean, what's the name of the song? Uh, Old Town Road. Old Town Road, the little Nas and, and Old Town Road. (laughs) They, oh, Cutter, Cutter loved it. You know, he thought it was the best thing since last pie. So, I do not ever. Literally, everybody always asks me, "Hey, are you still singing?" Whatever. I don't. No, I do, you I, you won't. I do. Like, I do not sing. To get my, you to. my guitars just sit on the wall. We um, we actually the first time I picked the guitar up for a long time was 
the other day at a Velocity Tour event, we went to Bangor, yep. Maine. We had a three-day event. So well, I got Snapchat. We've got some musicians on the Velocity Tour. Um, Luke Kaufman mm-hmm. and and Stephen Jester yep. can play the mess out of the guitar. Um, but we, so I, I brought it out then. But anyway, we're at we're at the house, and I I picked it up, and I was thinking, man, I can I might can figure and start playing that note through my head, and I can figure it out. So I I picked it up, I figured it out, and and I said, hey Cutter, guess what? I learned your song, and literally not even knowing that Katie was in the room. Yeah, she's filming me, obviously in the in the back uh, in the back behind me. But I pick it up and I start doing it, and I sing the chorus, and then he picks it up at the rap part. It was hilarious. I, he's just. He's so funny. He didn't even know the words. Like he said something like, <laughs> "I got them horses in the back trailer with a latch <laughs> or something like that." On there. Didn't care though. Didn't he was having anything fun. Go he was there, having right? fun with dad too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I, th- I thought that was so cool because one, like I hadn't heard you. Like I, you know, I come on, get a guitar out. Get no, no, no. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. And it was good to hear you again, but it, it was even cooler to see how much fun Cutter was having. Yeah. Like, that was cool. Yeah, it was good. I just don't, I never did, like, I never, people probably wonder, like, man, I wonder, does he just sing to his wife all the time? And I don't at, <laughs> at all. Um, but one time, one time she was uh, in the bathroom getting ready or something, and I, I brought the guitar in there, sat down on yeah. the bathtub and started Started playing her some old George Strait. Yeah? Oh, yeah. a boy. She liked it. Um, I got this crazy idea. We're going to have to do this again. You know, we, we've been here a minute. Um, we're going to have to do this again. I know that you did Matt Merritt's podcast, Roadcast. You guys talked a little bit about, you know, your journey a little bit deeper into music and Nashville and, and all of that. And I want to sit down and really dive into that at some point. But I've got this crazy idea in the back of my head, and uh, over the last few days, I think it's going to come to fruition. So we're going to spend some time together this summer, but we're also going to spend at least five days together in Las Vegas. And so I think it'd be a lot of fun to sit down and, uh, you know, maybe tell some old stories when we get to Vegas. So yeah, maybe I'll I got bring some, the guitar. I got some. I got some ideas up my sleeve. Oh, do you? I really do. I really do. So, so if you're a PBR fan, and you're coming to the World Finals. Like, um, I'm there's some Colby, stories out there, bud. I'm putting Colby on the spot. Some of them I probably don't want to bring up. We're gonna do some. You're gonna probably do some gonna expose stuff. those, aren't you? It's. Uh, we're gonna do some fun stuff. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get to work together a couple of times this summer. Over yeah. the course, of the next few weeks, and it's gonna be fun. A matter of fact, I've seen two black bears in my entire life, and one of them was the week I was with you in Montana. Random story. I have no idea why I just said that, but <laughs> doesn't even matter. Maybe we'll see another well, black bear. We're going back. We're going back for sure. Um, you're you're not super huge into social media, but we're trying to build a little presence, aren't you? Like, how does somebody follow you on social? Do you even have any idea what your Instagram handle is? I know. Yeah, it's Colby Yates, but I, really, Col- just, just just Colby Yates. Colby Yates. How did you come up with that? I mean, that's pretty creative. I don't know. I just like to keep it simple, man. Just try to keep it simple. Yeah. Like bull riding. But I hate, like, it's so hard for me. I'm not good at it. Like, I can't even take a good picture. And I've got a great phone. 
that takes great <laughs> pictures. That's how we just. That's how we judge our photographic skills now. Is I've got a really good phone. I've yeah. got the newest iPhone. I got it. I'm basically a photographer. Yeah, not not at all. And I definitely don't know how to run my Instagram. Your Instagram. Account. I, it's just terrible. There's times like I'll, I'll see times where you're posting stuff, and I'm like, Colby's getting it, man. Like you know, he's he's in the locker room with the guys or. Here we go. He's turning over a new leaf. We're going to start seeing a lot of Colby. And then three months later, he'll post again and say, oh, yep, there it is. There it is. Yeah. But, I'll go silent for a little hey, while. But real quick, before we get done, I um, started talking earlier about your passion for bull riding. And, and I think that's been very, very evident in this conversation. I think people understand how much you, you truly care about this sport. Um, I thought it was important, <clears throat> excuse me, to bring up earlier when I talked about, you know, you had a really good job and you walked away from a really good job to come be a part of a broadcast team. Yes, I like, did. That's, I mean, to me, that shows how much a guy cares about what's happening here. Man, you know, I it's <laughs> it was one of those things. When, when I got done riding, I had no clue um, what I was going to do, but there was a guy, you know, and, and through some – connections and and family that i knew that they knew a guy they knew a guy one of them deals and and the guy the guy decided to give me a shot you know my resume pretty much said bull rider on right it's like how do you get credit without credit well i don't have credit so i can't get credit i don't have anything to show that's correct um but but anyway things were things went really fast So, so i got a i got a job with the oil and gas service company called renegade well services uh there by the house and things went very fast uh i worked my way up and was essentially over the operations for this company and so i'm learning a whole lot about what it takes to to run a company um both financially and and operational wise too and there were there was a it was a big eye opener i mean I literally knew nothing about insurance. I just knew how to not pay doctor bills <laughs> before because of bull riding. Uh, and then, and then I'm building an insurance plan for 900 employees. You know, so it's the things that I learned from there. I'm, I'll take with me forever. You know, and mm-hmm. I can build off of those things. And uh, it was it was really awesome with a great salary and such a good job that. I could, you know, made my own schedules, just made sure my stuff was done. And but at the end of the day, it it was a job, and it it wasn't it wasn't something that I was really passionate about. Um, although I did like my job, I just yeah. I, it wasn't it wasn't bull riding, right? And that's that's what I really cared about. And you know, when I when I got done riding, I, I would have loved to just jump right into, but those opportunities weren't there mm-hmm. um, to jump right into the broadcasting, commentating uh, part of it. But uh, once that once that call finally was made, I, I still continued to work. So it got really tough, you know, and stressful. Busy. Busy, uh, busy, busy, because I've got, you know, a full-time, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning to – you know, four or five o'clock in the evening job every single day of the week. And then as soon as I'm done with that, I leave, you know, to go to the bull riding and do ride pass. Plus um, you've got a family. Plus I have a family and it, it became really tough. So uh, it was hard to juggle, but they are, 
my family is amazing. They yeah, they're just amazing. So they stood behind me the whole way, and uh, I jumped off into the ride pass deal and and just kept going full blast every single weekend. Um, but it became it became something that you know. I, I, cu- I couldn't have done that without the growth, right? Because yep. I'm a very conservative guy. Um, and just like Brandon Bates, you know, asked me yep. how much how much money uh, of the 2011 Iron Cowboy winnings do you have? And I have all of it. I, really? I, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm that guy, though. I'm very conservative. Frugal. And I just don't, like, I, I don't make Which bad decisions with my money. I, I think I won, like... Fifty-eight thousand dollars, or something like that. But I—I uh, I think that I was smart. A lot of that help from Katie as well, too. But um, we we had a good plan, and then we we did we did very well um, with our money. So it was something that had to, had to be a given, had to be a for sure deal. Um, it it has to be something that I know is going to work out. Uh, or I'm not going to walk away from from a good thing. So uh, this was able to. Yes, I still travel. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is when I got the job, I told I told the owner and who I'm still friends with to this day uh, of that oil and gas company. You know, I'm I'm just really done traveling. I I really want to stay home with my family. Right? <laughs> I guarantee it wasn't six months, and he had me flying to North Dakota, right? And Wyoming, right. and I'm having meetings, and that's the other thing. I'm having meetings in these skyscraper corporate offices in downtown Denver at at a round table with all these, you know, fifty year old suit and ties, and I never. And here's you know my redneck self, yeah. Um, talking business with them, but it was something that Did Billy Jack yeah. show up at any of those meetings. No, Billy Jack stayed home. Jack Berry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, um, maybe I need a whole podcast with just me and him. You on Billy? Well, we'll have to, Billy's going to have to come out of retirement too. See if you can't get a hold of his people and make that happen for me. Maybe we'll we'll have. I think I can. We'll have him on a podcast. Lives in a small town. He ain't doing much. Okay. All yeah. Right. We're okay. We're gonna have to have him on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was one of those deals that I told I decided this year that you know the, the opportunity was there for me to be able to walk away from that oil and gas job and um and and, and it just, worked out and just is full time. Yeah. Now Riot TV. People can catch you on Riot TV. Come on, man! It's so awesome. It's awesome. It's just, I just don't and and right now like it's it's probably hard for a lot of people because it's only on Dish Network really. Yeah. Uh, you can get the app on your phone, you know, a lot like the Ride Pass app or something. You can get that and watch it there. But um, what that does for this sport, Ride TV coming in, you're getting way more coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also you're also setting these guys up. You're setting yourself up. Um, the PBR is for these guys to come through the velocity tour and have zero. I mean, absolutely zero. When you go to uh, the unleash the beast and you're a rookie, you have to go through the media training course, right? A uh, couple hours long. You have to go through this course. Uh, they kind of teach you how to present yourself, uh, how to represent the PBR, uh, right? How to conduct Basic. a interview. Basic right? being a professional. Correct. And so these guys have never experienced any of that. 
Um, and maybe we'll see that on the Velocity Tour because of Ride TV and being able to, um, you know, be on TV. And they're they're going to need the same they're going to need the same stuff, and the same tools to be able to accomplish that. But what this does for the sport is only going to get better. Yeah. As we go, it's it's amazing. Well, and not just that, but there's so many avenues for for a fan to be able to get their fix because there's obviously CBS Sports Network, there's CBS, there's Ride Pass, which covers so many different countries. Now, you know, in the last couple of weeks, it's been brought to light that now we can see events from Canada, we can see PBR Australia, we're starting to see all those other avenues from events that we've never been able to see before. Um, now throw a Ride TV into the mix, you get to see more of the Velocity Tour, it's a really good time to be uh, a bull and, and they get the, and they get to highlight and I think eventually when we get a little bit more established um, in this show ride to glory we're gonna be able to really highlight the bull riders but yeah. we're able to to do that um, probably even more so than ride passes and you could still watch the velocity tour mm-hmm. on ride pass but you're just gonna see what you would see if you're sitting in the stands. Um, and, and just a live audience type feel, but it's it's good, and the guys like it. And Best piece of advice you were ever given? Can you think of it? Oh, man. I don't do the rapid uh, the rapid thoughts. <laughs> I got I to gotta have a process. I'm a slow thinker. Um, I, can't, I can't really think of anything offhand, but, you know, there's been so many people that, that have helped me um, – that have helped me along the way that I think I could highlight, you know, just people, you know, that were, that were there, but uh, mentors a lot. Yeah. I mean, goes back to what we were talking about, you know, quote unquote coaches. We've, we all have mentors in life, whether we want to admit it or not. And I think you have it too. If you're smart, I think you have it in every single way. Right. So I've been, I've been with people that, that I looked up to that I learned what not to do also, you know, hundred percent and guys that we thought were so cool. Yeah. Till we spent some time around them and realized that, yeah, we were looking at something totally different. Yep. But, but even, you know, even things that where you're with it, you're with the guy you're going down, you know, you're going down, this guy's great. And maybe he's a positive individual, but, you just don't like dealing with fans or, you know, something like that. And you're like, mm, yeah, not good. You yeah. know, I, I don't like that or, or doesn't like helping other people or so, anything, just some, some things like that. But there were, there were definitely a lot of people when I retired, um, when I retired from bull riding, I, I wrote several people, some letters, uh, just letting them know, um, you know, thank you. Just thanking them for for helping me along the way. Whether they helped me at all, they didn't know. Whether that. they realized just like it. Ty Murray, I wrote Ty Murray one because he inspired me to be a better athlete. He inspired me to win, and I always looked up to Ty Murray. Um, and so he was one that I sent him a letter to. But then I also sent one to Jay Doherty because without Jay Doherty, I would have never even got in. Because back in the day, it was only the touring pro, and you had Jim Sharp, and you had all these guys entering these touring pro divisions and you couldn't get in if you paid them a hundred thousand dollars they just wouldn't let you do it yeah um but jay doherty gave me a shot and he told me point blank he goes look we want you we want you here i'm gonna give you a couple shots 
but you're going to have to use them because I can't do this for a long period of time, right. you know, and, and then you're going to have to go back to the bottom feeders and try to just try, hope you yeah. get in something. And luckily I was able to, you know, capitalize yeah, on those on opportunities that we always talk about. Um, and he was one too, you know, you so. bring up the letters. Uh, one of the very first pieces of advice, uh, I was ever given when I started announcing Clint McSpadden told me, he said, never forget the value of a handwritten letter. And when I when he said it, it didn't really register. And over time, I started thinking about it. I said, and and he explained it to me that day. And I kept hearing it in my brain. And every once in a while, it'll pop back in there, and I'll hear it. And so, never forget the value of a handwritten letter. The fact that somebody will take the time to sit down and write out their thoughts or their appreciation on a paper, not type that shit on a cell phone or type it on a computer, but to take the time to get a pen, a paper, and it's You're little right. things. You are right. Little things. Do you know, do you know who the coach, the coach is for college football at Kansas? The, the old, the do older they have guy. A it's Kansas, Kansas state. Oh, um, K state, the old, man, yeah, the old guy who, with glasses. Yeah, I know like who you're the, talking about, but yeah, he's so he's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, he came in, and I, I just, I don't know how I saw this letter, but I saw this letter, and it was after the game, and mm-hmm. TCU won the game. Um, but it was a great game, and after that, you know, game, he wrote a letter, and I'm pretty sure that he does this after every game. He writes a letter to the coach, you know, um, telling them how great their players are, or telling them, you know, what great calls and he's specific you know yeah. he's specific about specific events that happen in inside that game but it's very personal yeah um and and uplifting like yeah. you said to to the coach and their other team and you know isn't that cool it's so amazing isn't yeah. that cool i i was telling uh i was telling somebody earlier today like i'm one of those it makes me feel good to be nice to people as much of an asshole as some people think I am, like <laughs> you think about that when you just, and I always try to make sure that I can read the name tag of the hotel person and call them by name. You know why? Because they see so many people, gate agents at the airport, same thing. They see so many people and it's a constant, have a good day, have a good day, have a good day. Well, if I say, hey, Deb, hope you have a good day. If they stop and think, how does that son of a bitch know my name? At least it changed their transition, and it's not that standard. Have a good day and not be sincere. Then all of a sudden you make a, a connection with somebody, and if it's for that long, you know, it's worth it's worth it. Take the time to be nice to people. There was a guy, there was a guy in the airport the other day that was in – he was a, a waiter at – I don't know where. I was eating at Chili's or something at DFW. Um, and I, I sit down, and he's like, man, how, how are you doing today? You doing okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm great, thank you. Right. You know, I'll take a water or whatever. And he said, "Okay, I'll get that right up." You know, he said, "What are you most thankful for today? Right. What are you most thankful for today?" And I was like, "It caught me off guard." Right. And I was like, "Huh?" I said, "Well, or what are you most what are you most blessed by today, or something like that?" It was along those lines, right. and I, I said, "I'm my family." You know, yeah. that's. I think I'm more most blessed by my family, and I was just it was still I was just so like taken back, thinking, man, this guy was just so he was just so cool like yeah. that, just trying to be personal with you and and 
and get something else out of you, you know? It was cool. Because we forget, and maybe we just don't show other people sometimes that, you know, people care. People care. Like, you can be a complete stranger, but I still care how your day is. I still hope that, you know, everything's good in your world. You you know, you don't want to see people... Yeah, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, we I, that's a whole nother conversation. I feel like we could do this for hours, uh, days. We're gonna have to do it again. Last thing, how do you want people to remember Colby Yates? Uh, just like you said, a good person, somebody that mm-hmm. that um, that helps that helps other people. Uh, I love helping other people and. Uh, they they're probably gonna say um, I get laughed at a lot, so I like to make <laughs> jokes. I like I just like Me to too. bring the fun out and everything. So it's yeah, that's just kind of how how I like to be remembered. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this. I know you were tucked away in bed, but uh, we've been talking about it a long time. Um, you sure there's not any you know issues with with the head? Because I'm looking at a guy wearing tall tube socks. <laughs> Blue speckled swim trunks, a bright orange shirt, and a cowboy hat. Are you sure we don't need to go back for some different evaluation? I'm posting this picture, by the way. You say I'm posting this picture. I mean, uh, hey, if you can do it, rock it, whatever. If if you're comfortable in it, why wouldn't you? I got just got out of bed. I just threw on what was right there. But you, at least I know now you sleep in a cowboy hat. All right. <laughs> Think you can get a hold of Billy Jack's people for me? Yes, I, can, right. I can try to reach have out. Have you make a call? Man, I appreciate you doing this. You bet. Thank you okay. for having me. You really think you can get Billy Jack on? Probably we can. can. We can get him out of Whitesboro? Yeah, he's been right. sleeping for a while. Yeah, sounds good.